Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is an Unspoiled Network podcast. This is Unspoiled, covering the Dresden Files, Book 13, Ghost Story, Chapters 7, 8, and 9. In these chapters, Harry heads over to Murphy's house, and she is in the midst of a meeting. Well, she's right before a meeting. And we get some weird half-information about some things, some full, pretty devastating information about other things, and we meet a new vampire. Welcome to Unspoiled. show everyone i am natasha i'm rashawn so rashawn these chapters are the first interaction that harry is having and i use interaction very loosely because he doesn't actually interact with anyone he does not (laughs) except Stuart. yeah it's the first time that he is uh seeing any of his friends since his death right what do you think about how what he has discovered here? Well, um, there's a couple of things. So, off the bat, I just want to say really quickly how much I am enjoying the explanations that we're getting for how Harry as a ghost is going to work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it's not a huge part of the chapters, but what happens to him in the car is so funny (laughs) and also like so brilliant. And, uh, I just really enjoyed it. You know, he's, he, they're, you know, they're on the way to Karen's and, and, uh, Harry, Morty is not in the mood for conversation, quite frankly. He's, you know, he has been, he is doing this under duress. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, he's, you know, it's the weather is terrible, even though it's May. He's driving this basically cardboard cutout of a vehicle <laughs> that Harry would not feel safe in if, as if he weren't already dead. And he decides to start asking Stuart some uh, ghost questions. <laughs> Indeed. And he asks, which seems like a reasonable question, how can I just phase through or walk through the body of the car to get into it. And yet I'm sitting in a seat. Mm -hmm. And as soon as he voices that he starts to fucking sink down and Mort and Stuart already know what's coming. Mort is like, Oh, here we fucking come. I love this so (laughs) much. And Stuart has to, like, grab Harry to keep him from completely just going out the bottom of the car into the snow. It is just really wonderful. And I just love the detail Mm -hmm. of that. And I hope that we continue to get these little lessons. Um, But, of course, the the big takeaway, the main attraction, is Karen fucking Murphy. Indeed. Uh... I will admit that reading these chapters, I got real heavy, buffy energy. Ooh, I see that. Right? Uh, uh, Spoilers, guys. But at one point in the show, Buffy dies. And we get a glimpse of what the team looks like in her absence. Mm -hmm. And how uh, former, former, like, bit characters and sidekicks rise to be the leader of the group and how they are just trying to pull all their resources to manage and go forward and and continue to fight evil without like the main person without the slayer available to them and this feels very much like what's happening here where we have this sort of uh this sort of uh this this outfit of Karen, Will, Marcy is back in play. We haven't seen her for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw her in the one story from Murphy's perspective. Mm-hmm. Cause she, Wait, is that the only? Is that the only time we saw her? No, we saw her way back too. But I'm just saying, like oh, that okay. was recent. Right, right. That story was just like mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago. <clears throat> um. Who else is there? Oh, uh, Daniel Carpenter is now almost a grown-up. Mm-hmm. So he he's in the mix. Father Fort Hill is there. And we get a line that, like, one other person is showing up. And it's a white court vampire. And I thought it was going to be Thomas. <laughs> because what, it should be Thomas. And it's this whole other vampire that I don't even know. I can't remember her name now. What's her name? Felicia. Felicia. Yeah, I would never remember that. Um, to whom Murphy says bye. Oh my god. <laughs> Listen. I don't know if he did that on purpose. <laughs> I feel like he couldn't have. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but maybe he did. I, you know, like, I, I kind of want to believe that he did. I mean... The book is from 2011, so it's very possible that he did that, you know, well aware of what he was doing. Um, And 
we oh there's uh one of the women from the paranet is there uh and we get a very clear idea that these are the people that have been trying to kind of hold the tide right uh but before that meeting starts there's a marcone gentleman there named childs yeah what do you think of childs and well he is I guess, like, the hitter. Mm -hmm. He calls himself the troubleshooter, which I feel like is even worse than fucking just being called the hitter or whatever she calls him. She says his professional murderer, I think is what she calls him. Yeah, he's he's like, uh, we call it troubleshooting. (laughs) Man. And they have made a deal. And I don't really know what's going on here. She is going to get from them in return for her services uh, this island. Mm-hmm. And I don't get it because I don't know why she needs anything. So the best I can think of is that by Marcone agreeing to clear out of this area, maybe he was... I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to really what to make. It like it 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 sounds like oh, she's just getting this property. But that can't possibly be it. So, maybe something was happening there that like maybe Marcone was like messing around in some supernatural shit. Mm. And and he is agreeing to stop and that's what is important about the fact that he's pulling out of this area. Mm. Or, and this is a long shot that makes no sense, maybe they need something, they by like Karen and and like our guys, right? Right. Maybe they need something from this area and they couldn't get it because Marcone was there. Mm. I'm not really sure. And I don't know if we are supposed to be as readers, like, am I supposed to recognize this place? This this island that he's that he's he's seeding to her. No, I don't believe we've ever seen it before. Okay. Um. So, and I'm not a hundred percent sure I get what she has agreed to do either. Um. In terms of just giving an answer to this question, he asks her. Like, Marcone wants her to do something in order for them to give her give her this island. It sounded right? like it was just... Well, you know what? We're getting ahead of ourselves. We're getting way ahead of ourselves. Let's start off with, with Chapter 7, and then we'll get to that, because there's a... Uh, okay. Um, Child says something specifically, like, he in return for answering a question. So, I think that was it, but I'm not totally sure that I read that right, so we'll get there. Um, All right. So, Harry's in this car... Um, him and, and Mort just keep fucking like sniping back and forth. He's like, Oh, glad I'm dead in this piece of shit car to which Mort's like, you drove the most bullshit cobbled together ancient, like, how can you even shut up? 
And Stuart he calls gets, it like a Herbie reject or something, yeah. which was like really cutting. He <laughs> says the guy who drove Herbie's trailer park cousin around for more than 10 years. <laughs> Gentlemen, Stuart said, settling rather gingerly into the tiny back seat. Is there a particular reason we should be disagreeable with one another, or do you both take some sort of infantile pleasure in being insufferably rude? <laughs> I love you. I like I like this moment. Harry is like, huh? Hmm. Stuart is putting on airs again. a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> like this is apparently something that has come to him over the years because when when shit is really popping off, he does not behave or speak in this manner mm-hmm. and harry wonders like you know what's what's all that about <laughs> like why would uh you know what it's it's just clear that he has he's kind of like code switching <laughs> oh yeah 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 <laughs> so uh but uh and we have uh this we you know again this chapter seven is really short too but uh i hope we get more of these like ghost talks because we also find out that Stuart doesn't consider himself the same as the Sir Stuart who lived. Yes. He considers himself like a completely separate entity that, as he puts it, is here for a very particular reason, is aware of his purpose, and is good at what he does. And he feels like that's a lot more than most people can say. Honestly, true, right? Like It is true. That's one of those moments where he, yeah. he's just like, what human can say as much? And I, like, yeah. do that. I, not me. Nathan Philly and raise my finger, begin to speak, and <laughs> fold it up, and <laughs> shut the hell up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can't say, like, even two of the three things he just said. Right? <laughs> so, um, and he says that, uh, what does he say? He says something like, uh... Oh my god, I wish I could find it because it's really, I don't want to misquote him. Um, but while I look for that, he, they also talk about, because they start talking to Harry in such a way that Harry is like feeling like he's at the shrink. Mm-hmm. And he's like, should I be like, lying down on the couch for all this? And they kind of remind him that this is what we do. Mm-hmm. You know, we, meaning, you know, Stuart and Mort, uh, help ghosts figure out what it is they're hanging on to so that they can let it go. Right. Otherwise, you know, hey, it would just be ghosts everywhere. <laughs> you know, they, they, the place would be lousy with them. I can't, like, I have been listening to so many ghost stories over the past couple of weeks because of uh, Halloween coming up and I got into that show Spooked. Mm-hmm. I, Became a member of Luminary in order to listen. And I'll tell you what, guys, it's worth it. That is a fun-ass show. If you are interested in just people telling uh, stories about scary shit that happened to them that they can't explain. Some of them, they're like, and then my mother told me that Lucifer came to her and told her. And I'm like, all right, Barbara, we're going to turn this part off. But most of them, I'm like... Well, that was a pretty good fucking story. Whether it's true or not, don't care. Just a good story. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do wonder, there has to be a point at which most ghosts 
decide, like, move on somehow. Because if the ghosts that people seem to run into all stayed, it really would begin to just get crowded. Right? Well, Do you think that, ghosts fight over the same house? I I do. I mean, and that, see, that's the thing, too. That's, that's like a very common sort of trope, right? That the a spirit, you know, is, is lingering because it's not really at rest, mm-hmm. you know? And you get that in all kinds of stories. And uh, I think that that holds and is something we see over and over again is because it it taps into our collective, not just our collective fear of dying, but our collective fear of not completing our lives mm. in the way that we envision, right? Yeah. So if we are afraid of death and we are afraid of having an incomplete life, then that feels like it would manifest in this whole idea of having died, but not even being able to make it to your like greater reward because you didn't finish your shit. You yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. Um, and you just you know you just see that across genres, across cultures, we all have this sort of idea that a restless spirit is like going to be up to no good because it is unnatural. Right? right. You're supposed to die. You're supposed to stop being whatever it is we were, and move to the next thing. And this idea of getting trapped in this sort of in betweenness, mm-hmm. right? Uh, because the other part that goes along with this whole sort of trope, and it's happening so far in the beginning of this book, is the idea of if you're trapped too long, you will eventually go crazy. Right, right, right. Right. And and you see that also, like, in lots of ghost stories, you know. Um, so, when Stuart is talking about how he, because I think that's what Harry says, something like, oh, you're trapped. And he's like, no, I am not trapped. You know, I choose to stay and have a purpose, Um, but not everybody gets to do that. He does say, I'm not trapped, but also when Harry asks, like, why are you still here? Mortimer gets really quiet in this weird way. Mm-hmm. And Harry feels like something just happened. Yeah. What the fuck? And then um, Stuart says to Mortimer, some things, or he puts his hand on his shoulder mm-hmm. and then says mm-hmm. to Harry, some things that are broken can't be mended. Yeah. Yeah. It's right around there. Wherever you're reading that is where he um, fucking says the thing that I was looking for. Uh, let's see. I'm where he talks about how, how, how many different stewards oh. there have been or something like that. Were I trapped, it would indicate that I am the original Sir Stewart. I am not. There it is. I am but yes. his shade. One could think of it that way nonetheless, I suppose, but I prefer to consider it differently. I regard myself as someone who was truly created with a specific purpose, purpose for his existence. I have yeah. a reason to be who and what and where I am. How many flesh and blood folk can say as much? That's the part. The part where he says he chooses to regard himself as something that's been created. Mm -hmm. So instead of the steward, the ghost, just being a remnant of, you know, a a mere shade or shadow of what was, he is like, no, I'm a whole new other thing. Right. (laughs) 
Um, which I really, I don't know. I just really like that. Uh, so <laughs> he, uh, oh, he starts talking about mains. Um, when he's talking about how you need to help the spirit figure out what it is they're holding on to so they don't become mm-hmm. a main, which is a phrase that Harry seems to be familiar with. I was not. I am not. Um, did you look it up? I did not because I don't want to like do any of the, looking up stuff when I'm reading these. All right. I'm going Because to... I didn't know if it was a real thing or something he made up for the story. And it was going to just like take me right to a link to a Dresden Files link or something. Yeah, right. That's true. If it's something that he made up, it's just going to be like... When the mains take over Chicago, <laughs> uh, let's see, a growth of long hair on the neck of a horse, lion, or other animal. No, sir. That's all it says. A person's long or thick hair. This is the dictionary. Um, so I'm going to try a main try. Roman ancestral ghost. There you go. You're going to go right to a Dresden Files page. <laughs> Probably. Because when you're that specific. Uh, um okay you gotta stop hitting your mic i'm so sorry uh in ancient roman religion the mains or demains d-i oh. are sonic deities sometimes thought to represent souls of deceased loved ones they were associated with larry slimures janelle and d penates i do not know any of those and you know um Mains may be derived from an archaic adjective, manus, good, which was the opposite of imanus, monstrous. Huh. The mains were offered blood sacrifices. The gladiatorial games originally held at funerals may have been instituted in honor of the mains. What? That's all over the place. I don't know what to make of this. (laughs) So they're, they're... They're the opposite of eat monsters, but we also sacrificed them. To glad for, sacrifice made sacrifices to them. It seems but, like, yeah. <laughs> I don't. I guess so. <laughs> they are good souls. That is to say, good demons, confirming his opinion that the souls of men are demons. I am sorry. I have too much baggage around the word demon. I can never handle that. Same. Same. Is it spelled that weird way? Right? Is it spelled with like the E-N-A? No, just D-E-M-O-N. Uh, For this Wikipedia entry, though. You know. Mm. <laughs> um, so, Stuart says, and like the Romans, they love to name and classify and outline facts to the smallest, permanently inflexible Set in stone detail. Can't relate. (laughs) (laughs) Feel feel a little called out there, huh? It's funny because it's a lie. (laughs) So then we have the moment where Harry almost sinks right out of the goddamn car. Uh (laughs) (laughs) So Stuart, get your ass back here. Oh my god! Grabs him by the neck, practically. So good. Uh, and they're just like, look, you just have to fucking go through it. There's nothing else you can do. You just have to learn. Yep. And at one point, Harry's like, I don't have time for this shit. So it's like, you have, all you have is time. Mm-hmm. And Harry has to be like, well, actually, no, I don't. I got like a week. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you remember. Tap, tap, tap on his watch. Uh, He's a so- Ju- Judge Judy is what I was doing there. <laughs> <laughs> 
that's like two gift references in one. <laughs> like the first ten. Minutes. Sorry, guys. I I recorded earlier with Jamie on uh, Doctor Who, which goes up the next day. In terms of like posting to the feeds, y'all, I have such bad PMS brain today. I kept faltering through sentences every other word. I was just losing the word for simple shit. <laughs> I don't know what's like, it's just PMS brain is a thing. Like you get more forgetful. You also get a little bit uh, clumsier. I feel like I've read like your hmm. um, reflexes aren't as fast a lot of the time and things get dropped more frequently and whatnot. Really? Yeah. And I just get really bad PMS anyway, because I just have this like whacked hormone thing going on in my body. And so I'm used to this happening to a degree always, but I really feel like it's worse this time than it normally is. I just feel like mm-hmm. a goddamn mess. And, and I'm mid sentence, like trying to come up with a word and just barely getting the word that I want the second before I say it. <laughs> so my sentences all feel slower and a little bit like there, there's just not that flow. There's just not that ease of communication. It's a struggle. Every sentence has just been a bit of a struggle. <laughs> so that's where I'm at. If anybody wanted to know. <laughs> so and this mates. is why you're leaning onto the gifts because yeah, they are visuals exactly. But then I have to get explain the gifts, which really sort of like defeats the purpose. Of like, it kind of does. Uh, I wasn't going to say anything about that part. I was going to let you have this. I can't help it. <laughs> There's no way to do the visual thing with y'all. Nope. It doesn't work. Unless you join us for a crowdcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, okay, so they get to Murphy's house, and uh, the first thing right off, Harry notices that there's a very expensive town car parked out front that does not go here. Mm-hmm. And uh, so... It doesn't even go here. Right? <laughs> so he slinks out and sends them to go around the block. And he... Uh, he creeps up to the house. Well, first he walks straight on up to the front door oh. and knocks. Well, yeah. <laughs> like a goddamn thoughtless lunatic. Like, they, they, like they're just going to hear him, I guess. Sir, you asked Mort to come for a reason. I, I what don't, do you I, think I, you're doing? He gets put on his ass. <laughs> uh, now, this was confusing to me because... It's it's his wards, right? But it's not his wards. Mm-hmm. So it's basically like he recognizes the magic as being like what he would have done. Right. But he didn't do this. Mm-hmm. And uh, he gets hoisted. <laughs> and like ends up in a bank of snow. Yeah. And is like freezing and shivering and soaking wet. And then he remembers that, wait, no, I'm dead. I am not any of these things. I am not cold. I am not shivering. I am not wet. And he just readjusts, and then he's fine. Well, that <laughs> happens when he falls out of the car. When he, like, first leaves the car and he's, like, heading to her house, and he's fine. But then when he gets thrown back from her home, it hap- he gets the covered memories. in snow again. 
And he tries to be like, and I'm not cold or covered in snow. And his body is just like, no, yeah, you are, though. And it doesn't work this time. Oh, because that, okay, you're right. There's two different things. It's getting out of the car and then when he gets knocked over at the house. And it doesn't work when he gets knocked over at the house because of the intensity of the of the memories. Is that what Stuart is trying to explain? I don't think the memories have happened yet. That happens a moment right. later. You're getting everything all jumped I am. together. What the fuck? Um, I'm going to read this to you. So, uh, my hand stopped above the door close enough that you could have slid one or two pieces of paper between my knuckles and the wood, but definitely not three. There was a dull, low thud of solid impact, even though I hadn't touched the door itself. Second, light flash and something like a current of electricity swarmed up my arm and down my spine, throwing my body into a convulsion that left me lying on the ground, stunned. I just lay there in on the snow for a moment. I tried the whole there is no spoon thing again, but apparently there was perception of reality and then there was hardcore, undeniable, real reality. It took me several seconds to recover and sit up again and several more seconds to realize that I had been hit by something specifically engineered to stop intruding uh, spirits. Right, 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 right. Okay, that's what's happening mm-hmm. here. Okay, so it doesn't work his... uh I am the spoon or there is no spoon deal. Mm -hmm. What is, oh, the matrix. That's what that is. Yeah. I didn't get that right away. Ugh. (laughs) Um. (laughs) Wow, ma'am. The matrix is a classic, a classic. It it is. It is. It's a classic movie. Um, Wow. Wow. You really just made that sound like a curse. You really. Oh, I'm. (laughs) It is. It is. It's a classic movie. It is. Is a classic movie. You sound I mean. so disdainful. I wish you could hear yourself right now. God damn. Well, that was unintentional. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, what knocks someone his ass for real is the particular spell that's protecting her house that is about not letting ghosts and whatnot be fucking around. Right. Okay. Okay. All right, so then, uh, oh, she, she opens the door. Yeah, this is when the memories. And this is, yeah, yeah. Okay, so this was hard. This was, uh, it, I don't know, when he tries to call her name, even though I know she's not going to hear him. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just, uh, it's, it's so sad. Yeah, and he just Harry just seems like he's so overcome. Uh, he says, you know, like he's looking at her, and every memory of everything that they had been through together, every banter, every moment of revelation, all of it, you know, just hammers into him. And you know, we I was telling you before we started recording how someone in my building who is in an apartment that a friend of mine used to live in who I'm no longer friends with and just having to walk by that apartment with the door open gives me such like a pang Mm -hmm. and what he's describing here is like that on like a million yeah you know uh and memories are a funny thing uh you know, they're so tied to our emotions. I was I was thinking uh, not too long ago about 
how many of my memories from my childhood are actual legit memories that have like an experience and an emotion attached to them mm-hmm. and how many are just me remembering stories of my childhood uh you know like there are some things that you <clears throat> when you think about them they feel so real you know you can smell the smells that were you know associated with it you can hear like the music or whatever in your head and in some things are just memories of repetition right you know because the story has been told so many times that I can think about a thing that happened and I won't really have an emotional attachment to it, but I'll know it's a thing that happened. Right, right, right. You know, and, and there doesn't seem to be any real rhyme or reason for which one you'll have, you know, Mm -hmm. like which one will stay like a, a vibrant, almost living bit of time that you can like reach back into and almost Mm -hmm, mm re-experience and then some things are just like oh yeah i remember in the second grade i had i was at a spelling bee you know right but you don't like remember what it felt like to be one stage you know spelling the words or whatever and so i don't know if i 100 percent get what stewart's trying to explain i guess it'll become more and more clear we know how important memories are for ghosts it's almost like, I don't want to say it's almost like food, but it's like sustenance. I mean, it's part of what they are in a way as well, you know, mm-hmm. like oftentimes ghosts are used as a metaphor for like memory or history or the past. And so it would make sense that it's sort of like part of what they're made of almost, right. you know, and, and we know that, that. At least Stewart can use his memories to, you know, fashion bullets. Mm-hmm. You know, he can he can use his memories and manipulate them into such a way that it serves him. Uh, Harry, not so much. <laughs> right. So he gets completely overwhelmed just looking at her. Yeah. And I get it. Mm-hmm. You know, I get it. So, <laughs> Stuart has to show up and, and kind of uh, steady Harry a little bit because he's really like reeling. Yeah, he's uh, like, there's been more than one time here where Stuart has just literally been like, buddy, buddy, hey. Yeah. Yeah, yeah right? <laughs> he's like your buddy when you're tripping. You have to have like a buddy to oh, keep God. you from like, just spinning off into who knows what. That's what Stuart is. <laughs> it's like your acid buddy. Oh my god. I like that though. That does seem kinda accurate. And yeah, your friend you who's experienced who uh is telling you how it's gonna be too. Mm-hmm. Be like, your you're guide. gonna feel like you're yep. falling through the back seat of the car. You just have yep. to not think about it. <laughs> Listen, it is pretty much exactly like that. <laughs> by the way. <laughs> I mean allegedly, so I've heard. <laughs> indeed, indeed. <laughs> who could tell? Um And I do, I want to mention too that the ward, Harry notes that this is like very similar to his, but it's also much more in pieces in like, he compares it to a solid like piece of concrete, like his, to what hers is, which is more like a bunch of Legos, where Mm -hmm. part of it can get knocked down and the rest of it is still 
remaining. And so it can be easier to repair. It might do a better job um, against certain entities because they won't be able to tear the whole thing down. And so they won't be able to completely make it in. Like there's just some advantages to it. He says there, it had a downside too. There were a lot of things that could smash through. And if you got killed after they came inside, the ease of repair wouldn't matter much to your cooling corpse. (laughs) So, yeah, I just thought that that was interesting that, uh, it's gotta be a Molly ward. Do you think so? Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, I, I mean, we'll talk about that, I guess in the next little bit, but Mm. it feels like who else is it going to be? Uh, um, Yeah, I mean, we might as well just go ahead. So, so Harry is overhearing the conversation she ha- she's having with Childs, uh, and this is uh, it's like a very tense, like low key, threatening kind mm. of situation. <clears throat> she's basically she's got her hand like inches away from her gun f- through the whole time. Yeah, uh, she's also sporting a new look. Yeah, she cut all her spent hair a lot off. of time on it, but she cut all her hair off. Mm-hmm. She is officially no longer a cop i can't remember if that was official by the end of the last book i don't think so i think i know she had gotten demoted and all that kind of jazz but i thought she was still at least still a cop but now that's done i think that she knew that it was likely once Mm -hmm. they got in touch with her again that it was going to happen because she was like on probation during her short story if i'm not mistaken I don't think she had been completely fired yet, but you remember when she's like on mm-hmm. the boat looking for, at the crime scene where Harry's been shot and they're telling her like, you're not supposed to be here right now. Right. Right. Um, yeah. She knew, she knew it was coming. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's got like a very, uh, no nonsense kind of look going on now. Yeah. I keep picturing uh, her as like Linda Carter for some reason. Uh, from uh, Terminator? Terminator? Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking too. Linda Carter? Isn't that the name of the woman who plays her? Linda Hamilton. Who's Linda Carter? Is that she Wonder Woman? Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, not her at all. <laughs> My bad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I thought of her. Um, that's exactly who I thought of too at this description. Uh, how fucking good does she look in that second movie, y'all? I know. She's doing those pull-ups and that fucking, that white tank top. Yup. <sighs> Didn't James Cameron, jacked. like, get in a relationship with her? I mean, you don't oh, film don't that know. woman doing those fucking pull-ups and not be like, my dick moved. I need to marry this woman. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that or didn't remember that, but, uh, I think that it, was all, it. it checks out. Yeah. It checks out. <laughs> Yep. God, that movie was so good. It's so good. I it's am so good. Not tired of Terminators one and two. Like I've rewatched them both so many times. One yeah. is just there's a really bad sex scene, and that's yeah hideous one, to watch. But two to is me, very perfect. One was legit scary to me. Oh, like I remember yeah. being a little kid and watching it, and it's just like you'd never seen like anything like he was fucking unstoppable you didn't see anything like that mm-hmm, before mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's just terrified you know she's just this little waitress and ah oh, it was so scary <laughs> <laughs> all right but anyway uh, so, so adorable. He, 
was so scary. <laughs> I I can remember. I can legit remember watching it like on HBO when I was a little kid, and just you know. Ah, anyway, <laughs> still get like a little bit of chills. Um. So her and Childs are wrapping up whatever is going on here. Yeah, and she is agreeing to whatever this is y'all yeah i don't know i don't know what this is she is uh kind of like i don't want to say that she is not taking him seriously as a threat but she is also a threat that should probably be taken seriously uh, she at one point was like, yeah, I don't have a badge anymore, but I have friends, mm-hmm. special, special friends. Oh God, I love that line so much. <laughs> she does. It's true. And, uh, so he is like, you know, I'm here because, uh, my employer has a question. We don't want anybody else to hear it. And he wants to know if you trust the ragged lady. Mm-hmm. So, y'all, at first, this is the who? Mm-hmm. The, the what? And I had no idea, like, who this is supposed to be. I've never heard this name before. And he says, you know, weird things have started to happen at some of the locations she haunts. So I was like, oh, a ghost. <laughs> because this is called Ghost Story. You know, why not? More ghosts. You know, it's room for everybody. And, uh, he's like, there's things that happen that nobody can explain. And that's when she's like, okay, well, what does he offer me for the answer? And we find out that he's going to give her something called Northerly Island. Mm -hmm. And before you ask, yes, including the beach. So, Harry is listening, and it's just like uh, a park with a beach and like a family destination kind of place. Uh, yeah, most mostly parks, fields, and a beach. A lot of families visited. Yeah, right. So it doesn't. Harry's like it doesn't seem like it's prime criminal territory. Uh, but so I don't I don't know what to make of that. But then it's time for an answer. And she said, when she was working with Dresden, I'd have said yes in a heartbeat without reservation. But now, Dresden's gone, and she came back changed. Yep. Maybe it's just PSD. Maybe it's more than that. Something is different. And... Like, it's got to be... Is that Molly? I feel like that's got to be Molly. But I'm trying... I mean, <sighs> she when he's going to the door, she says, you should know that my trust issues don't change the fact right, that she's one right, of mine. Right. If I think for a second that the outfit has done any harm to Molly Carpenter, the arrangement right. is over. So... Why are they giving her this weird nickname? I don't know. I mean, 
Because, yeah, they they confirm who it is before it's over. I I just... I don't know. I don't know what the fuck's going on. I really don't have anything else to say but that. I don't know what the fuck's going on. Uh, And then after that, he leaves and Harry sees that Mr. is with Murphy now and that also basically just, you know, almost undoes him. Isn't that so sweet? It's very sweet. Uh, I was so glad to get that update. Yeah, I was glad he included it too because we knew that Mr. made a getaway, but, you know, there was no telling what had happened to him and where he was. Uh, So, I also, it's very cute too because there's a there's a um a bit later on where they're talking about who Stuart and Harry are talking about who's sensitive to their uh presence. Right. And uh Father Forthill is talking about like, does anybody else feel this draft? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh one of the paranet ladies uh has a dog and the dog is like going nuts and Harry is like, What about cats? And it turns out like only one in ten dogs <laughs> notice the ghost uh only very few like holy men uh he's like priests and preachers and shaman you know will pick up on their presence but all cats do yep they're just not impressed by it really don't give a fuck (laughs) and very rarely ever react that (laughs) sounds accurate it was the most perfect thing (laughs) (laughs) so um yeah i don't know what to do with with any of what we just talked about. I really don't. I don't know what's going on with the island. I don't know why Marcone would be coming, you know, all on the sly, low-key, you know, trying to figure out what Karen thinks of Molly and whether she can be trusted. And he has to ask this question in such a way that no one else is around when he asks. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. I, I don't know. What is she doing that's making people so suspicious of her? Uh, she Then the next chapter is this, this meeting of everyone, and she is not there. And they don't know where she is. Uh, and it becomes a little bit of a conflict because uh, I think it's her, I think it's Daniel who's like, we should be looking for her. Yeah. And everyone is like, yeah, no, we're not going to do that. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, basically... Murphy's trying to give Molly the benefit of the doubt, it sounds like. And it's just like, if she doesn't come, we have to assume there's a damn good reason she's not here. Right, and right. And going out and interrupting her shit isn't going to help anybody. Yeah. And she also, Murphy says to the group that uh, she is going to have the proxy for Childs. And at the beginning of the chapter before, she yells at Childs about being early. Right. So it turns out that he's a part of this little council. And he's normally at these meetings. Mm -hmm. So, so whatever this band of, I don't know, do-gooders is doing, Marcone's a part of it and has somebody representing him participating in it. Which is unexpected it is a little isn't it i mean i guess i'm not surprised that marcone would want to keep the forces of evil at least under control because as a businessman that makes the most sense for him right he doesn't want a bunch of 
crazy shit happening all over the place to get in the way of his money. So, but I, but what's surprising to me is that he would agree to work with others. <laughs> ah, interesting. I mean, you know, as I, a businessman, you do have to do that. That's true, but he has the resources to protect his interest and keep whatever shenanigans that are happening in the city, you know, away from his and you know, his personal business or whatever. I mean, when we hear what's going on in other cities, it may have reached a point where he doesn't anymore. I guess. I think of him between his money and his knowledge, his access to magic. Maybe it's not that he couldn't do it alone, but maybe it just makes more sense to throw in with the group. Mm. So he doesn't have to expend like all of his resources on a thing. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, but but tonight, Childs is is not going to be at the meeting, and Molly doesn't show up and while we're reading, anyway. And uh, there's, like, this bickering back and forth about the White Council, mm-hmm. you know, and wh- whether they can be counted on to be of any assistance whatsoever in any fucking thing. And we find out that they are, like, fighting their own war against some, you know, invisible unnamed enemy who I'm assuming is the black council. Uh, we have will being very, uh, very, I mean, like, I know he's not a little scruffy kid anymore. You know, he's grown ass man. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Did seen some shit, but his whole energy is, is so much more, um, Hardened. Yeah, definitely. You know. Uh, and then the Felicia girl shows up. Oh, don't forget Daniel. Oh, well, yeah. Daniel well, is yeah. just fucking, like, him and Will are just butting heads constantly here. And that's part of where the, like, hardened edge seems to come out of Will. It's He just doesn't seem to have a lot of fucking patience. For this kid who is, like, wet behind the ears coming in trying to tell them all how to do their shit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He, um, the the thing about Will is, uh, not Will, Daniel, is that in the midst of him not understanding that he should probably just sit down and be quiet, he ends up announcing to the whole fucking room that... <sighs> Karen has two swords of the cross. Yep. Which is not information that everybody fucking had. Yep. Um, At least he has the grace to be incredibly ashamed of himself afterward. Well, this is, you know, I immediately was like, oh, Will was right. (laughs) (laughs) You know. uh, And um, that is what gets us to this thing that happens with her and Felicia. Mm Mm-hmm. Because she is, like, grinning like the cat who ate the canary. She can't believe her good fortune of getting this juicy bit of information. Hate her so Just tossed in her lap. (laughs) And she is loving every second of it. And uh, everybody leaves. And they're like, we're going to let the ladies talk. And she's just all like, well, I guess, you know, I'm holding all the cards. And, uh... 
you should probably want to work out a deal with me because I'm going to get your shit all fucked up. You don't want me telling everybody what I just heard. Mm-hmm. And what she wants to do is to feed on Karen. Yep. Which that surprised me. Um, because I don't really know anything about this character, so I'm easily surprised by whatever she's doing. <laughs> but uh, I just sort of expected a different play. Right. Uh, but Murphy, like, Murphy did not. She's like, you want to feed on me. <laughs> Murphy knew exactly <laughs> what the fuck. So I guess there had been some, some feelings, you know, some energy or something happening. Mm-hmm. And it feels for a second like, oh, this is real bad. <laughs> like, what is Murphy going to do? How is she going to get out of this? <laughs> like, I just forgot who she was for a second, I guess. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck so I was did thinking. Felicia. She fucked this bitch up. Yep. And it was Amazing. It really was. I forgot and how satisfying this is. It's probably the hottest Karen Murphy has ever been to me mm-hmm. throughout these books. Mm-hmm. She fucked her up. And at the end, when she gets all up in her face and just whispers bang, she puts mm-mm. the gun to her head and says, You're going to keep your fucking mouth shut. And then holds the gun up against this woman's forehead and just says, bang. Yeah. And I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. She is not to be played with. Mm-mm. I am ready for this whole book just to be about Karen Murphy fucking shit Same. up. Same. I really am. I wouldn't be mad about it. Not even a little bit. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, I have a lot of questions. None of them are, you know, how many fucks does Karen Murphy give? <laughs> because clearly <laughs> that question has been answered. Oh, that might be a postcard. I have a lot of questions. None of them are how many fucks does Karen Murphy give? That's uh, pretty good. Um, yeah, I mean, she just fucking... I mean, and you know, the thing too, like... I have to remind myself that it's been several months since Harry has died mm-hmm. for them. Right. Right. Which, granted, is still not that long, you know, really. Six months, I think they said. Mm-hmm. It's not that long for, for a huge loss like that. Yeah. But it feels to me so far. They're going through early. some 2020 shit. And I would remind That's, you all what. Six months has felt like to us this year. I was just going to say the same thing. (laughs) And it it feels also like whatever is happening, you know, because we we hear a little bit in the meeting, you know, that uh, there are people missing. You know, they have outposts everywhere, you know, and and like they're losing people. I think uh, the one woman from the Paranet is like they lost people in Seattle and Oregon, like lost contact. They don't know where those people are. You know, the assumption is that they're they're gone now. Mm-hmm. But uh and that this is happening in cities across the country. Like whatever whatever and there's also talk to I forget who asked Harry about having killed the very I guess it's in the car with Morton Stewart mm-hmm. and they're talking about how he basically killed the entire Red Court. Right. <laughs> and that there are consequences 
for that action. Like, that has put some shit in motion. Mm -hmm. Even though I don't know exactly what that shit is just yet. Yeah. But it feels like no one had a chance to really grieve and reconcile themselves to Harry's murder because whatever popped off popped off pretty soon. Right. So they've all just been like grieving, but also like in go mode, Mm -hmm. which is a weird place to be, you know? Yeah. So like everybody is kind of like emotionally shut down because it hasn't been time to like feel your feelings, Mm -hmm. you know? So everybody is just sort of like clamped down and they're just a, just about the business of fighting evil. Right. At one point, they, they're talking in a meeting about how <clears throat> the community of people that they're trying to protect are not taking it seriously. And, like, they lost someone because I guess she went to the train alone. Right. Even though they should be traveling in at least pairs. So Murphy's... Uh, solution to this problem of people not taking him seriously is to send Will out to to scare the shit out of them mm-hmm. so that they get their acts together. And that's one of the things that Daniel was just like, this is just wrong. We're not supposed to be terrorizing already terrorized people. Nah. And, and, they're, and they're all just like, we don't have time for that. <laughs> like what you're talking about. Will is, is the the sweet boy. I mean, Will. Daniel. Is the sweet boy who is, you know, freshman year in poli sci and oh really thinks that he knows how shit works. <laughs> and he has not yet been introduced to the big wide world of rules only matter if we all follow them. Right, right. Will is out, not Will, Daniel is out here talking about, you should vote your conscience. <laughs> Karen and Murphy are like, motherfucker, if you don't vote for Biden and shut the fuck up, I swear to God. (laughs) Oh, God. It's funny because it's sad. (laughs) Um, Also, I want to mention that I don't know when this happened, but somewhere along the line, I started to picture Will as White Josh from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Oh, that's funny. And that is just who he is in my head now. So, that's that. I just wanted to share with everybody. I feel like that would that would kind of work. Because uh, uh, Will is supposed to be pretty short, but like Jacked. built like a fucking Mack truck. Mm-hmm. So, that feels right. Josh Chan could also make a pretty damn good I short think Josh. I think Josh Chan a little bit more than White Josh. But, uh, but you know, either works. Either one works. <laughs> um my gosh. So yeah, so guys, I don't I don't know really anything. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. But it was really good to uh see some familiar faces. Uh we got a couple of new faces. One of those faces did not look as good going out as it did coming oh, in. Oh shit. She fucked her face up. Oh, my God. (laughs) She smashes her face into the table. And there's a teapot full of boiling water on that table. Mm -hmm. And breaks the teapot. Gets the, like, shards in her face that cut Mm -hmm. her up. The boiling water, like, 
bruise. She knocks a couple of her teeth out. Yep. Breaks her nose, knocks some teeth out. <sighs> One side of her face is already starting to swell up. Uh, you know, and the thing is, it's, it, they are, we know that white court vampires are fast. We know that they are super strong. Mm-hmm. She just was so underestimating Karen. Yep. And was not expecting her to, never mind protect herself, but to go on the offensive. Mm-hmm. That, you know, she just, Karen just didn't have to, you know, she just fucking housed her. <laughs> <laughs> and she never even saw it coming. And, uh, you know... I can't imagine kicking somebody's ass and being so confident after I do that, that they are still going to remain afraid of me, that I don't even need to, like, follow up. Listen, Karen didn't even put her out the house. <laughs> she beat her ass and then told her to get the fuck out of her she house. She drags her by the hair to the door. Mm-hmm. But doesn't put her out. <laughs> you know, like, it's one thing to open the door and toss her raggedy ass out into the lawn. She didn't do that. <laughs> get up you know I mean like she could have got up and and like attacked Karen I mean she's a fucking vampire she probably could have did a little something <laughs> but she was so shook from what I can tell she just got the fuck out the house yep. I mean I'm not sure exactly but I feel like that's how that ended <laughs> this is one of those things that I'm like well she may not like spill the beans on that sword but she may want to feed on you a lot more now, Karen. Mm-hmm. Just be careful about how how badass you come across, because evidently, you know what? That is a fair <laughs> point. <laughs> this, this bitch is obsessed. Now. Yep. <laughs> um. So yeah. So meanwhile, Stuart is with Harry, and they're watching this whole thing go down, and. When Daniel spills the beans about the swords, he, Stuart, spills some beans about the swords. Yeah. And we find out that, uh, I'm not going to try to say any of the names, but Michael's sword was Excalibur. Correct. And then the other two, I imagine, are famous, but I just have never heard of either of them. I'm trying to find the spot But I feel like historically... They probably are like a thing that I was probably supposed to know about. Yeah, I'm trying to find the spot where, because he gets hit with a bunch of memories about um, Elaine Mallory at one point, because her name comes up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) You have no patience for that. I really do not. (laughs) Um, Let's see. Oh, you know what must be done. Bring forth the swords. Excalibur, Durendal, and Kusanagi. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Of course I know the Swords of the Cross. And the little blonde woman has two of them? And then she does that whole thing. And Harry's like, yeah, she's got two of them. Harry is so disgusted that Stuart just rattles this information <laughs> off like it's like no fucking big deal. <laughs> Meanwhile, Harry is like, wait, what? But you know how much time I spent... Reading what? And then it just ends with, I went to public school. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I always forget too that Harry doesn't have access to the internet. He can't like no. just hop on Google and be mm-hmm. like, what are the swords of the cross? <laughs> he, he was at the fucking library at the microfiche machine. <laughs> 
all leaning over the card catalog. Oh my god! <laughs> and he says he he never did like track that information down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the steward is just like, yeah, everybody knows that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't have to talk to me like I'm a fucking child. And meanwhile, oh Harry's God. like, well, you could talk to me like I'm a fucking child. That would be fine. Oh, God. <laughs> so, yeah. But, no, I like that line, too, at the end of the fight when Harry's like, yeah, she has two of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, and I love, too, when, uh, when Daniel fucks up and Felicia says, I love young men. I just love them. (sighs) Bitch, stop it. (laughs) He says, she's smiling as if butter wouldn't melt in her mouth. (laughs) And he says, for all I know, it wouldn't. (laughs) Uh, Oh, boy. So, yeah, guys, I mean, you like to ask me, like, what do I think's happening and what's going to be next and... Mm-mm. I don't have no answers for none of them questions. That's fair. I just, uh, you know, I mean, hope. I, I mean, the thing is too, like the reason we're here is for Harry to talk to Karen. So I guess the next up is that you know everybody leaves. Mort will finally be able to come into the house, and we'll get Harry trying to talk to Karen, mm. and we'll see if this works, if she believes it. And then what happens after that? Who fucking knows? Yeah. Fair. Yeah. I'm excited about it, though. I'm excited. Oh, my God. What? I looked at the goddamn clock. Girl, stop doing this to yourself. What are you doing? I didn't mean to. This is the corner of the computer just yelling at (laughs) you. This is, I would like it uh, on the record that we're recording super late because Rashawn went down a rabbit hole about my neighbor. Y'all. So, <laughs> you know what? You know what? Let me tell y'all something real quick. I, for one, whenever Twitter drags and out somebody, I'm always like, "Oh, that's amazing." Turns out that shit is not that hard. No, it's not. There is a tremendous amount of information about all of us a Google click away. It is quite terrifying <laughs> <laughs> because I was able to find out a lot about someone. It was. Startling. It, took, it was like two clips. Ten minutes. <laughs> Ten minutes, y'all. We got previous places of business. Right. We got criminal we got records. Arrests, right. Like, yeah. Family members. And I, I promise, guys, this is not idle, uh, like, <laughs> there's a there's a threat, potentially, to my uh, safety, which is why we were looking oh, yeah. into this. This yeah. is not just for funsies. Not- yeah, we're not just, like, stalking some person that made us mad on Facebook. It's not like that. That would be very funny, though, if I was just oh like, oh, I'll find have you, you ever, that comment. Have you, have you ever seen that one woman? She uh, she goes around on public pages, and whenever somebody starts talking about, like, those, these thugs and these criminals, she screenshots their criminal records. <gasps> no, she, you know, because you can buy like those, you can buy into all those like free background checks. You know, you can. They all cost money, but you can pay, and then you could just really get that shit really easily and really quickly. Okay. So she'll just jump up in a comment thread and be like, "Oh, really, Brad? Criminals? Looks like you've been arrested six times." <laughs> I thought about getting a subscription to one of those things just so I could do that. That sounds incredibly satisfying. I'm not lying. It at really all. does. Like, 
It really, mm-hmm. I've seen her like three or four times. People will like screen cap her doing that, and it'll make the rounds. I love that because yeah. that's like that's like people who like shame sex workers, and I just want to go into their fucking like search history and be mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, really? Oh yeah, you hate this? It's bad for society, right? Okay. Pornhub says that's a lie. <laughs> Pornhub says to stop <laughs> searching BBW sister. Anyway. <laughs> Oh, oh, stepsister. Then it's fine. Sure. Oh, right, 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 right. Um, <laughs> all right. So I feel like there was one other thing I wanted to mention here. Oh, that there's just one point when Childs has left before this next part of the meeting begins where Murph walks up to the window and cries by herself for a second. Mm. And Harry is looking at her and just wants to be able to, like, do anything. And there's just nothing to be done but to sit there and watch her be sad. Yeah. And remember how they had been right on the edge of finally, like, taking the next step with things before he disappeared. Yeah. And it's that's uh, It really is. I have chosen to kind of, like, put that bit of the story on the back burner because it's just, like, it's just too sad. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, it's, it's funny because you, when you have a, a a dynamic that has a little bit of that, will they or won't they kind of thing, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, one of the things you can do as a writer to make the story like feel more interesting is get them right up to the precipice and then just sort of yank it all away. Mm -hmm. Uh, and sometimes that can be tedious and then sometimes it can be really affecting. And I feel like, for me anyway, it's working. Agreed. You know, I feel I feel deeply sad that it feels like they've been cheated out of what could have been. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's just, you know, you, you don't like for the people that you love to be cheated out of anything. It feels like really, really unfair. Um, you know, so... I have kind of been, like, trying not to remember exactly that part of the story. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, mm. All right. Well, I think that's everything. Um, real quick before we go, I haven't read patron names in a minute. And I uh, was talking to you right before we started about that being part of Patreon's, partly Patreon's fault. Um, and I got them together. So... I want to say hi to new patrons since July. Renee John, Dave G, Eleanor Gilchrist, Matthew Boleen, David Hahn, Jonas Suchi, Sarah Decker, Tom, Ryan Powers, Malika Chakravarti, Monica Hargris, Donald Adia, Hard Boiled Greg, <laughs> Sam, Sidnim R, Ryan Birchfield, James H. Winston, Desiree Bua, Joshua Simpson, Sadie Sida Carrillo, Leah Frankel, Lindsay Mears, Aiden Slade, Carly Morales, Morals, Jacqueline Hamlin, Kira McGinnis, D. Friedman, De Friedman, De Friedman, Lissy, Kayla McCarthy, Met Nordkill, Nina, Crystal Nielsen, Katie Niekamp, Amanda Chinsio, Jillian McIsaac, Barbie Paget, Sal D'Souza, Emma Incari, 
Ben Steele, Sawyer Norquist, Nicole Birmingham, Mana Arneberg, Emma Fingler, Mickey, Aaliyah, Sam Howell, Colin Kingston, Evening Lion, and Amanda Heiser all became patrons over the past few months. So thank you all very, very much for pledging. I am sorry that I have not been on top of welcoming you. Uh, that is on me, also on Patreon, but also on me. And um, I also want to thank, and I'm sorry, I'm trying to find the like post so that I can thank everybody by name, but I want to thank everybody who contributed to a birthday gift that I received from patrons who came together and all paid as a group for the illustrated Dresden files that came out on October 1st, which is my birthday. And I just really wasn't expecting that at all. <laughs> and it was like the, the special edition is 150 bucks or 400 <laughs> like there. It's very expensive. And, uh, I just really appreciate y'all thinking to do that. I posted about it and just how it was like out of my price range just for a conversation. It wasn't something that I was like, you know, trying to uh, dry bag or anything like that. I was just really like, oh, this looks awful. Awesome. I'm just totally broke and there's absolutely no way I can spend money on this. But this is really rad and uh, I'm eager to see it once it does come out. And then all of a sudden there was this post from Jamie with all of these people who had, uh, I think that she said that the, I'm trying to remember whose idea she said it was. Cause I want to say that she said it was Krista's idea originally, or maybe that it was some people in the, um, Dr. Who group, because I can't be in that since I'm unspoiled and they shared it in there. Um, Oh, here we go. So it was Megan Tolentino. OG. She's been with me since the beginning. Love you, Megan. <laughs> Wesley Woods, Katie Bishop, Ryan Powers. Ooh, who's also a patron. What's up? Um, I mean, we knew he was a patron, but he was a new patron on this list that I just read. Uh, Agnes Leguillon, Amy Lee Broadcorb, Linda Dunyan, Tori Hawley, Rosalie Oceana Kolb, Amara Tanith, and Jordan O. Thank you all for pitching in, and thank you to Amy Lee for the idea. Aha! Thank you, Amy. That was really thoughtful, you guys, and just, like, such a huge <laughs> surprise. My birthday this year was probably, like, one of the best birthdays I ever had ever. Yeah, It was just so good and so full of surprises. And it's surprising to me because, like, with the quarantine shit and not being able to go out to dinner, not being able to do a bunch of things that you would normally do, I had my expectations, like, pretty low, which maybe contributed to it being so good. <laughs> I don't know. I just maybe have to lower my fucking expectations in general. But uh, it was just so much fun, even though I couldn't do a lot of the other stuff I would do. And I'm just really, like, I felt very loved and very, like, thought about. And it was nice. So thank you guys a lot. And I can't wait for to get this book, and I'm definitely going to be taking tons of pictures and showing you guys everything about it. So be ready for that. Um, all right. Well, thank you all again so much for listening. We hope you have enjoyed the episode. And until next week, toodaloo, motherfuckers. Bye, guys.
was an unspoiled network podcast.